Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Woodworking Podcast. My name is Nick Ferry. I can be found at nickferry.com, joined with Jay Bates of jayscustomcreations.com and April Wilkerson of wilkerdoos.com. How are you two doing today? Doing good. Hey, How are everyone. you? One at a time now, folks. One at a time. <laughs> but we're both just doing so well. Uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes of it, let's me, let's me, let's me, uh, let me run down the uh, the patron supporters. By the way, greatly appreciated. And I have a small Patreon announcement after I read off the names. We got uh, David. We got man. I'm just. I'm just awesome with my verbiage today. David Moffitt, Chris Capistran, J.M. Tosses, Jameson Elam, Elam, uh, Cole Bouchard, Chris Stokesmore, Jason Adamzek, Modern Builds, George Thomas, Don Chesser, Jim Bashirs, Martin Wagner, Clement Breezer, John Wilson, Steve Mills, Darren Pruitt, Kyle Veach, Fred McIntyre, Paige Bonifazzi, Terry, Terry Burns, Dyson, Christopher Michael Copes, and... St. Nickster. Thank you, thank you. Thank you so much, everyone. And for those of you at the uh, $3 and above level, uh, I got a tracking code that the stickers should be in my possession on the 23rd. This won't be out this won't be out until after they're actually already in my hands, but they're they're really cool. I ordered them to where you get the woodworking podcast on a sticker sheet and you can peel that sticker off separate. And then you can peel off our faces separate as well. <laughs> what? Oh, you did do that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just thought that was just cool. I mean, who doesn't want a <laughs> Nick Ferry head sticker? So here's what you guys got to do. You got to take the stickers and do something funny with them and send us pictures. Yeah. And hashtag uh, like TWP stickers or something. <laughs> but nothing bad with mine. Just with Jay and April's. <laughs> Please keep it appropriate. Yes. I bet St. Nixter is going to love yours, Nick. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You put a halo over my head. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I uh, know I'm pretty excited about that. And uh, I definitely appreciate the people on Patreon. And if you guys want to get a sticker, uh, it's that uh, $3 or above level. And uh, for those of you that are on that list, they should be going out. Uh, you might even have them. Some of you guys might even have them by the time this airs on Friday. But um, yeah, I'm pretty excited about those. Well, did you order enough for us, Nick? I want one. Well, you'll have to become a patron. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> At the $3 or above level, pay, I might add. Pay my dues. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure I could, I could send them out. I know a guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Jay, is that a new plant I see behind you? Uh, no, my wife, um, did the whole Christmas decorations throughout the house this past weekend which is insane. I didn't realize we had that many stored up in our blanket chest. So, Oh, yes. I see the stockings and oh, the yeah. Santa. That's yeah. cute. <laughs> so there's there's so much Christmas stuff, and it's not even Thanksgiving yet. But anyway, um, so we've got uh, about a dozen plants throughout the house, and we just consolidated them into my office area. And uh, I love it. I, I like these nice plants in here. Uh, the one you see over my shoulder, which no one else can, but it's this. We got it as a small yucca plant several years ago, and it's, the, the thing is just like overwhelmingly huge now. I, I absolutely love it. It looks almost as tall as you, is what I was asking. It is, which isn't saying much because I'm kind of short, but. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, I, I see there, you, you keep all your Christmas ornaments in Festool sustainers. That's pretty cool. No, that's the ornaments. Oh, okay. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I just figured I would, th- you know, nobody can see you, so I'm like, well, I might as well just throw fuel in the fire here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know they made gold-plated Festool sustainers. Only the best for me. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect hey, for a Nick Ferry head sticker. Talking about the best, Jay, you killed that chessboard. You killed it. It's Uh, amazing. And I think it's really cool because I know how much you're into chess. And so I think it's so cool that you made yourself such a nice forever thing. Yeah, it was, um, I had the idea to make it for a long time. And, you know, I'm so glad that the, uh, the events leading up to it, you know, I had a little difficulty getting that project started, but I'm so glad all that happened because it wouldn't be what it is now had all that stuff not happened. Because my, like I said, my original intentions were to use curly maple. And, you know, who knows? Maybe the project could have been better with that curly maple, but having the base a dark color rather than the light, 
I just absolutely love it. I'm so pumped about that. And and uh, like I said in my vlog video this week, it's it's combining two of my hobbies, my only two hobbies, I should say, woodworking and, and chess. So it's just like, man, it was, it's been a long time since I've been that excited throughout the entire project and the result. I, I was just so excited about it still. I'm smiling. You know, it's so much fun. So last last podcast, you had cut it uh, incorrectly to where it was more of a rectangle than a square. So and you were gonna have to start over with a new board. So I guess it worked out to where you didn't have to re-record anything. It just you were able to just pick it up and go. Correct. Yeah. Good. So I made a couple cutting boards and those turned out pretty well too. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm one up on my Christmas shopping this this year. Yeah. So where did you get those chess pieces? Are, are they like marble? Uh, There's some type of stone. I um. I, 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 I wish I would have wrote it down on the box because it was at some like uh, Ma and Pa kind of store uh, in Kentucky in a city that is full of caves. So I'm guessing it was something to do with the type of material that was uh, common in those caves. It's kind of like a tourist attraction kind of area. Uh, but uh, yeah, they're just some type of stone and hand carved. That's amazing. They, uh, they, you know, it turned out better than I thought it would as far as the pieces too, because I was kind of stressing out about the pieces being too abstract from wood because the, the dark pieces are some type of really, really dark charcoal color and the light pieces are like a caramel color. Um, so trying to find wood that matched it, I was like, I was like, man, it has to match in order for it to look good. And that's not true. It got yeah. the, the the wood doesn't match, and I think it, they just look great. It looks outstanding. And there was something specific about the video that I just really enjoyed. It was closer to the end, and for whatever reason, my mind is just going blank. I have so much on my mind, but I'm gonna rewatch it because I was thinking to myself, "That's a really cool, like little three to four seconds." I forget what it was, um, but I'm gonna, to, I'm gonna have to remember and tell you later. But yeah, even the editing on the video, I just loved it. I thought you did a great job on the whole thing. So good job. I'm glad that you got such an awesome chessboard and and set. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. There was um, the it was like the fourth or fifth time I synchronized audio to that exact same or synchronized the video to that exact same audio track. So I've used that same audio track in the same way previously, and it's just one of those one of those songs that just that it just fits. Yeah, it just it has a it has a really good vibe to it to where it's easy to to go along with the project and just kind of I don't know, it just kind of puts you in a good watch watching mood. (laughs) Well, it's good. It's good to hear. I kind of the the editing process went by really quick. Um, That was uh, very easy to do, actually, because you just line up the clips that you want to keep the video with the peaks in the audio. Mm -hmm. And. That actually went by a lot faster than probably any other one that I've done of that particular style before. So I was, I'm just happy with it. It's cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And so where does the, is the board actually going to be kept out on like a surface or are you tucking it away somewhere? Shoot. No, that's going to be on my coffee table. I'm going to be looking Good. at that thing every day. Good. So, uh, yeah, I, I've got more plans to make more chess boards in the future as well and of course that the the chessboard blank that i glued up and resawed a veneer off of i still have all that so i can make multiple veneers from that particular stock that i have assuming that i want another hickory and walnut chessboard but something that i want to do for my office uh where these plants are over my shoulder you can see here is the the entire back wall of this room is full length top to bottom windows facing my backyard so i want to have like a two-seater chess table sitting up cool. against that window so two people can sit down play chess everything is contained right there you don't have to put the chess set away afterwards and then make two chairs to match the table and then the backs of those chairs i want to do like the silhouette of the night mm. so i think it'll be like a chess table and chair setup but yeah that's Why not, not a king and queen well because it's uh, predominantly going to be you and jamie no that's that's an idea that's an idea um just for the fact that I would w- go with the um, knight, just for the fact that it's more symbolic of a chess board. Like you look yeah, at like it and chess. you see like that's chess piece, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just the most identifying piece. Who knows what I'll actually end up doing. I may do multiple pieces on it, but that's my idea as far as making another chess board, but making a chess board table. Mm-hmm. So I was actually going to ask why you made such, why did you cut off the well, of course, you had to do the veneer just because you needed a smaller bit. But why did why did you make it so thick originally? If you only needed such a small bit, uh, I thought just it would be it easier, easier to. Up? 
Yeah, I thought that the, all the seams and everything would be easier to build the board first. That mm-hmm. way, during like a normal clamping situation for like a cutting board or something like that, you have enough material there to get the seams nice and perfect. Whereas mm-hmm. in if I made veneer first and then tried to glue down those strips or pieces individually, each individual piece allows more room for error because you have to uh, worry about that seam a lot more a lot more multiple times. A lot more multiple times. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, a lot more. Yeah, a lot more than <laughs> than just <laughs> glue it and then uh, then cut the veneer. So it uses uses a little bit more material, but the stress factor and getting it nice and perfect is easier, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, and like what you said, you can always use it for other things. Nick, what do you got going on, dude? I don't have a chessboard going on. <laughs> do you like chess? Yeah, I like other people playing chess. I like the idea of people sitting in the park playing chess. Like I was walking in New York and there was like a an actual like chess park where there was maybe 10 or 12 tables and tons of people, two, two, two people at each table just playing chess. And I like looking at them because I thought it was kind of quaint and cozy, but I would never actually, I don't think, go down and enjoy a game of chess. I don't know. Maybe I would. I would say the Knights would be a good choice for the chairs being as well, you know, for chess. But then Jamie's quite the equestrian enthusiast. Mm. Ooh, I didn't think about that either. So that's an instant like a uh, plus one because of the horse. Yep. Wifey approved. Wifey approved. Go. And she hasn't even seen the idea yet. <laughs> that could be the main pattern. <laughs> hey, honey, I'm making you a, a horse chair. That <laughs> <laughs> has nothing to do with me. Nothing. It's does she, all Does she for play you. chess? No, she knows how to play chess, um, but she just finds it boring, which is fine. You know, it's not for everybody. No, I agree. I mean, I don't agree that it's boring. I, I agree not everyone has to like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get misinterpolated to there, but yeah. <laughs> no, I've just been cleaning my shop and turning here and there at night and... Just trying to clean, organize. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a never-ending story. Are you making progress? I make progress, and then I make it a mess again. Yeah, that happens too. But have you uh, been using your bandsaw more? Uh, yeah, I've been trying to get some time behind it and kind of put it through its paces. And so far, I'm enjoying the heck out of it. Just because that bowl that I did for the bowl video, I had no way to cut that before. I had no no way to cut that bowl blank before, so that was... That was neat to be able to just throw a log on there and just start turning. You know, if um, <laughs> the lathe is so addicting at times, you can, you can get carried away with how much time you spend on it, especially with a nice lathe like you have. But uh, some quick ideas to, to get some free time freed up. Just make a bunch of bandsaw jigs. A resaw fence and, and circle jig and anything you can think of now that you have the new bandsaw. Well, yeah, I, I have to make a circle uh, uh, jig because... The current bandsaw circle cutting jig I've had for, oh gosh, probably 15 years. And it's been outfitted to like four different bandsaws. So like modified and then modified again. And then I'm like, I just need a fresh start on it. So that's definitely going to be in the works for sure. And possibly something to, to kind of mill up some logs. And so, yeah, definitely some bandsaw jigs. April, what do you got going on? You know, you said you're working on your stairs yet, or what are you doing? This is the never-ending project for me. Yeah, I'm working on my stairs. Well, the problem is that I keep getting interrupted with trips. Um, I went down to my mom's last week, and then I went down to Ohio this past weekend. So, yep, I probably have... I, I honestly only have today and tomorrow because then we're going out of town for Thanksgiving with for family and it has to be the Sunday's video. So yeah, I have today and tomorrow to get these stairs done. But I, I think it's actually reasonable to think that I'll be able to get it done if I work all day today and all day tomorrow. Because I'm putting on the risers right now, then I'll have the treads, then I'll have the uh, pretty much just the handrails to install. So and then I'll just and then I'll just wait to paint it until after the video goes live. What are I mean, you doing for it, spindles? Um, I'm going to be just ripping. I'm either going to be using two by two material or ripping a two by four. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I don't want to purchase the round spindles and 
I uh, don't want to, I don't have time to turn individual ones. Word I mean, of caution. Big, I've ripped, yeah. I've ripped two by two spindles out of two by fours before, and then just mitered top and bottom. So they flow back exactly. into the structure. Uh-huh. And so many of them warped within like five, six days of them being up. Okay. So what's the, uh, the workaround? Just or, standard two by twos. Okay. You know, though, it's so difficult to find two by twos that aren't wonky right off the shelf. So, I mean, same, same thing. They won't just warp within a few days. A lot of times, a lot of times they're cut from different portions of the tree and then the tension and, and all that in the wood is already alleviated itself in the two by twos, mm-hmm. two by twos. I just, I don't know why I said that, but, um, but yeah, it's, I get that a lot with like theater flats when, when they're like, you got to start with, you know, one by threes, but then they always want to rip them out of a one by 10 and they're always just, you know, warping and twisting and. So okay. just something to be cautious about. I, I've built a few decks where I use um, uh, EMT conduit and then paint that black. EMT I mean, I paint conduit. Black. Yeah, like uh, rigid yeah. Um, electrical conduit. Yeah, like, I like the idea. Yeah, I kind of have already the two-by-two two stuck in my head with the two mitered ends. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, that's a, that's a good suggestion. I mean, they do sell the two-by-two two treated material, but the conduit, I like the way that I'm getting a visual and I like it. And and I used conduit because around here, I think a 10 foot stick is like, I want to say like two bucks or three bucks. Yeah, and it's super you can cheap. Get, yeah. And depending on how you do, you know, everything, you can typically get like, I think four pieces. I, I'm not doing the math right now in my head that well, but, and, but then the powder coated, I believe they're aluminum, maybe steel ones that they sell specifically for decks are, are like four times the price of doing it the other way. And I don't know. That's just something I came up with years ago. That I did that on my parents' deck, and they really like it. And that one's been up for probably eight years, and no rust to speak of. Hmm. Now, granted, the you know EMTs galvanized, but the ends you got to cut, and that exposes it. Mm-hmm. But if you do them in a pocket, do your like a Forstner bit or a spade bit to for it to sit in. But then I always went through with like an eighth inch drill bit and like a through hole. That way, if any water does seep in that that area it can it has somewhere to wick out of or drain, drain out, of out of yeah, yeah that's a good suggestion i'll probably end up sticking with the two by twos but we'll see um yeah we'll see right now i'm putting on the risers then i'll come back through with the treads i'm having to go with two by material for the risers which i, I don't know is against the norm or not just because of the height of them they're um Gosh, I can't think. I think it's seven and a quarter inch rise. Anyways, um, they didn't have any one by material in the treated section that was more than five and a half inches. They only had a one by six. So um, I ended up having to go with two by material. So I'm having to go with two by eights for the risers. And then, of course, I'm going with two by material for the treads as well. Yeah, the two by material for risers is a bit overkill. And uh, most of the time... <clears throat> like five uh, five quarter deck boards, or or even if you got to rip down a small piece, or even rip a couple, the the gap is even. Is typically what they do. But what they typically like put two pieces, or yeah. oh okay. Yeah. But I mean, you're not going to hurt anything by having two by material. I mean, obviously, you probably figured that out when when doing your stringers to allow for that thicker piece so that your tread isn't smaller. But I did. Um... Yeah, well, you know, the, uh, I don't I don't mind it being overkill. The only thing that bothers me is whenever I'm making stuff, of course, people just love to point out anything that isn't done to the norm or, you know what I mean? They just love to say, yeah. well, even even though that's not um, underkill or what's it called, um, technically incorrect, since it's going to be against the norm, people are going to love to point it out and it just sometimes whittles me. I hear you. In fact, this afternoon I'm planning on taping a follow-up video to go on my main channel about the bowl that I turned. And I've never done a follow-up specific to one project, but I must have gotten 50 or 60 comments just on, aren't you worried that bowl's going to crack? And <laughs> and then people are like, well, aren't you worried it's going to warp? And I'm like, no, I'm not. It, it already warped. It's firewood. <laughs> I mean... I, I knew going into it that it was going to warp because it was just wet enough to warp. And I'm totally fine with that. The way the grain is and how dry it actually was, it's not going to crack. And even if it cracks into 100 pieces, I don't care. Yeah. It's just it's more or less, 
I wanted to get some more time behind the lathe and, you know, just practice and see what I can come up with. And like you said, it's firewood. Hey, you know what though? YouTube has a new feature that allows you to pin a comment at the very top of the comment section. So I'm really hoping that that will help us kind of like find some, if, if we're having like common questions or common comments, because I just get so tired of answering the same thing 50 times, then we can pin the the answer, the one that we answer to the very top, and hopefully they'll read that that one before just saying yeah, the same thing over and over. They haven't rolled out the pin thing to everybody yet, because um, I, I, I know I don't have it, but, and no, that's not going to help. I, I know I've said stuff in the videos like, I use three-inch screws in this oak, and they're all, oh, hey, um, what, what size? What's, yeah, what size screws and what kind of wood is that? So, and I realize some people kind of skim through videos and stuff like that, but no, I, I don't think pinning a comment would eliminate that. I just, uh, I don't know. I, I think it's a, yeah, I don't think it's going to fix much. I hate to sound pessimistic, but, I, and I've been having fun in the comment section lately. Uh, I, I got a bunch of thumbs down on, on one of my videos. And I, it, I, it takes people to point it out for me to notice because I don't have anywhere to look. But he goes, man, do people just hate videos just to hate them? Great job, Nick. And then I responded and I said, well, yeah. I said, as my great granddad always used to say, the Internet's a funny place and people on YouTube are just funny. And then I'm like, well, no, he didn't really ever say that. He, he died before the Internet. But um, it's good food for thought. <laughs> <laughs> The whole so, uh, the whole pinning comments thing, uh, you have to sign up for it, and then after you do sign up for it, they're only going to roll it out to so many people before you know. Just like the whole end card thing, so it's probably going to be like two three months before we even see it. I have it on mine. It popped you have up it on, on yours. Yeah, it it popped up this past Sunday whenever I released my video saying you can now pin top your top favorite comment. That's and crazy. I, like, I signed oh, okay. up for it. Oh I, yeah, I didn't have to. I guess I guess YouTube loves me or something. No, same thing what you did. Because whenever they were changing the subscription feeds, everybody was like, oh, we love the new subscription feeds. And I'm like, mine still look the same. So I have no idea how they pick and choose. But it did it did give me a little pop-up windows. And then I had to click got it. So maybe just look for it. Interesting. Okay, so I did sign up for it. I haven't seen anything for, about it. Hey, so the way that you would look is in the comments section of the video, those three little dots on the right-hand side where you could typically say delete or ban or report, whatever, it would be in there. Gotcha. Yeah. Are you guys uh, verified? Your YouTube channel's verified with a little check mark? Yes. No, mine's not. Wait, uh, what does verified what? mean? Like in good standing? Well, well no, no. It's, it, it proves that you're you and the other day I got the check mark and I, I just, I like messing with my wife and I, I built it up to this big thing. I'm like, that's so awesome. Two and a half years. I'm verified through YouTube. This, and she goes, Oh my God, congratulations. What does that mean? I'm like, now there's a gray check next to my name. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I am or not. I thought I was. I thought I, I thought we were required to do that in order to get a unique URL or whatever it was. No, no, that's, that's, yeah, not, not that, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just thought that was funny because their new, their new requirement is a hundred thousand subscribers. And I passed that, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. Hey, and congrats. So, well, thank you. So I, uh, so I checked and I'm like, oh, yeah, look at that. And I got my check mark. Like, yay. That's awesome. Which I'm, in case anyone is not gathering, I, I could really care less about a great check mark. But you I love your what, check, don't I, lie. Because when we, when I was it's in your... New York, <laughs> when I was in New York at YouTube, they were, all these people were trying to get verified on Twitter, and they all got verified within like a day. And so I went through the little link that they sent me, and Twitter said no. <laughs> 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 they're like no. I'm like, well, why? And they're like, it's just a no. So have a good day. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not going to anymore. I mean, you just, you rained on my whole, like, optimism for Twitter being a safe place. <laughs> Twitter safe place. <laughs> oh, man, I'm in an odd mood today. It's pretty funny. Um, yes, hey, I agree. So, I went to Ohio and it snowed. That's yeah, my story. They, they do that in Ohio. They right? do. That, hap- that happens <laughs> yeah, I there. Left, I love Texas. It was like 74. I landed in Ohio. It was like 72. And then the next day, it's snowing like crazy. I'm talking about like big snow, like 
snowflakes as big as my eyeballs. Like covering the ground. Almost. <laughs> almost, yeah. I got it, snow on the ground right here. I know, and I was thinking, man, this is what the northerns go through all like all year, all that practically. Is, yeah, I'm not looking forward to any of that if I travel mm-hmm. this this year. It's supposed to be seventy something today. It's nice. Yeah, it's nice out today. It's it's in the seventies right now. Well, I'm actually sweating while building my staircase, but not not too much, so it's like perfect. So yeah, let's rub it in to Nick. <laughs> Well, I don't mind. So far, actually, my mini split is keeping up and it's probably right around 32 degrees out right now. Mm. And it's keeping up pretty reasonably. Now, this time of year, no matter what, I kind of put a sweatshirt on in the shop. Mm -hmm. But um, going back to, you know, people commenting about stuff. uh, Yeah, I I always take my sweatshirt off when I'm filming because, you know, it's got long sleeves and, you know, I just don't want to. That and I don't need any extra padding to make me look any bigger. <laughs> Get one of those big, like, goose down jackets. I can look like the Michelin man. I try not to wear jackets because it's it's kind of odd how often I get the comment about people saying I'm putting on, like, a like a fashion show with how often I change my clothes or asking me why I change my shirt so often. Do people pay that much attention? Yeah, they like do. it's it's kind of outrageous how often I get comments about my shirts. And so my standard response is, well, I typically try to change my shirt every day, guys. And um, <laughs> because it's like I'm not I'm not changing my shirt to and just shower to at least it. once a week. Yeah, right. yeah <laughs> I'm going to change it to that. <laughs> but um, but if I even if I put on a sweat shirt and then I take it off, people will comment about it. And it's just it. It's just the silliest thing. So, yeah, I try not to wear a sweatshirt unless I keep it on the entire time. I forget who it was on Twitter yesterday or the day before. I was wondering if if YouTube Woodworking was going from educational to entertainment. And I responded back, and I'm like, I don't, I don't get the, the trend. And he's like, well, I just I see it as a trend. And I'm like, ah, I think you're reading too much into it. And I said that, and there's a lot of visual learners out there because he was referencing that my last video didn't have a voiceover. And uh, it, it was just weird. I was like, but my very previous video to that, I went like 15 minutes into how to glue together a couple pieces of MDF. So <laughs> it, it's just mixing it up. I think people read too much into it. Um, you know, unless people are saying I'm the most handsome woodworker there is, then they're not reading into it. They just got the nail right on the head. <laughs> or they're just blind, you know, one or the other. <laughs> I like to change it up though, because so this past week's video was that music type video synchronized to music, mm-hmm. and I got a lot of comments of people saying like, um, "I like the new video style," and it's like, "Whoa, there's 20 or so videos that I've done previously like this," and then um, some people saying they don't like the new video style because they wish I would talk more, and it's like that's just one video. So I've tried to diversify. And I don't want every video to feel the same, you know? Yeah, and it goes back to the podcast. With the hashtag you should, I had a comment um, with somebody saying, "Oh, I don't, I don't like this style. I, I'd, I'd rather be this style." I, I, I don't get that. I, I just yeah. Do I? I'm with you. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, oh, I don't like Victorian. I like Mission, right? I, I don't like Mission. I like. It's like, come on, uh, you know, whatever. I, too much talk about YouTube. Let's talk about woodworking. Yeah, let's talk about woodworking. <clears throat> hey, All right, um, so. What do you want to talk about? Woodworking. Yeah, woodworking. Yeah. Yeah. What yep. part? Um, the, the working. Okay. With what, like what niche? What like little section, <laughs> subsection? Uh, bl- <laughs> blades and, and wood. Blades. A little, little bit of sanding. Speaking of blades, you guys see Matt Cremona's bandsaw blades he just got for this yes. mill? Yes. No, oh, I didn't. He just put an Instagram video out of oh. him trying to un- untangle the blades from the package. Yeah. And it, it looks so, like, I'm not gonna say it looks dangerous but it looks dangerous yeah it looks very dangerous <laughs> it I'm looks less dangerous much... if he was wrestling a crocodile uh it, it's it's interesting man matt cremona is just killing it with that mill i hope it works out for him so well i really do i bet it will because not only is he going to have it for himself but he's also going to be um selling plans for it which i think a lot of people are going to be uh, find beneficial Oh, I didn't know he was selling plans. I thought he was going off of somebody's plans. No, no I thought no. he made up his own. He, I think he looked at a bunch of other mills and basically took what he liked out of each mm-hmm. and came up with his own design. Yeah. Oh, and then he's cool. going to be selling plans. And so, because I think, 
I forget the exact numbers, but something around the size that he is making would cost around 40000 if you were to just buy it. And I think what his material cost is going to come out around six to seven. It, or maybe it was seven to eight. I'm really bad about numbers. Regardless, that's dyslexia. a substantial, substantial cost savings. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you get it's it built to huge. what you want. Mm-hmm. And, and when it comes to stuff like that, uh, whether it's a machine, even you just have to assemble. A lot of times I like the building or assembling because that way you know the ins and outs so that you know like if some like uh, idler wheel breaks or something, you know exactly how that went together, comes apart, and goes back together because you, you built it. I just think it's funny how you said, oh, I'm not going to say it sounds dangerous, but it, it it's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've mentioned that before about like, I'm not going to tell you what they spent on their wedding, but $20,000 is a lot of money. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, he's killing it. I'm, I'm excited for the guy. And um, yeah, I hope, he, I hope he's got a lot of videos putting that thing to use. Yeah, for sure. I bet so. I mean, he's already been making some, I mean, he, Oh, I guess y'all haven't been to his place, but I mean, he just has log after log after log stacked up in his front yard. So I don't think he's going to have any trouble finding finding wood to cut up once once it's all actually all put together. I've been to Matt's. Have you? Oh, okay. Yeah. I stayed like a week with him. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there. Fairy Man. just likes to stay weekly with people. Hey, exactly. I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah. I was only with Matt for, I think, three days and it definitely wasn't long enough. Um not only is he a great guy to hang out with, but he's just so knowledgeable and easy to work with. So, yeah, week is good, I think. Yeah. That'd be Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, week. Week. That's, that's an old hockey thing for if the other team is weak. That, Anyways. <laughs> Some people just don't know how to tell a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my good gosh. Hey, so Thanksgiving is, of course, coming up. Are y'all taking the week off or y'all building something? I am. I'm taking it off. I uh, I just don't want to um, stress out over a project for the first couple of days mm-hmm. and then be behind schedule and then have to deal with that stress through the holiday area because we're going to be leaving town and then also we're going to have, when we come back, I think one of our, rel- my, one of our relatives is going to stay with us for a couple of days. So I just, it's just easier to just, just not do it this week. Mm-hmm. So um, instead of making a project video um, today, which is, what's today? Tuesday? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday and Wednesday, I'm going to be recording some uh, tool talk videos. So I'm still going to be a little bit productive this week and do some website stuff, schedule it for the future. Uh, but no, I'm not making a project. What about you, Nick? I, I think I'm going to be editing. That's. And maybe this bores people, you know, all the YouTube talk, but uh, the bowl video too was was my way of saying I'm going to do limited time at the computer with this one. And because I, I find myself at least two thirds, if not more, of my time at the computer rather than out in the shop. And that that's 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 no good for my juju. I, I need to be out in the shop. Um, but I for Thanksgiving, I. I yeah, I'll probably just be editing because I have like seven projects filmed. They just need to be edited. I was thinking about doing a like a Black Friday sale on my table saw sled plans, but I don't know anything about that, and I don't do the Black Friday thing. In fact, it's funny. My wife was getting some luggage for the kids. She goes, oh, it's normally $60 on Black Friday on sale for 30 I'm like, well, hold on, let me look it up. And I said it's only 22 on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow, you're gonna go, you're gonna go fight people and stand in line to pay eight dollars more. That's wow. All right. <laughs> I don't do the Black Friday thing. I don't. I don't like a lot of big crowds. The Cyber Monday is not too bad. Ordering yeah. things online and they show up on your doorstep. I love that. That's why I like pizza so much. I think. <laughs> yeah. Don't prime and don't. What's it saying? Don't drink and prime. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. <laughs> I'm gonna be doing the Cyber Monday thing this week. I um, like if I can find a deal on the camera that I want, then I'm probably just gonna get it. Oh, really? Yeah. They don't they don't announce their deals beforehand to where you can see. No, no, and um, I'm not entirely sure on what camera I want to get, but I'm tired of that thing fighting me sometimes. And all of a sudden, magically, it just quits quits messing up so problem solved or just problem in dormancy i don't know Mm -hmm. 
I actually, I dropped my camera while I was filming the awning project, the patio project, and thankfully it did not break the lens or get it out of whack, but it did, it hit directly on that, that flip out screen and to where, but the, but luckily the screen was flipped in, but it hit it to where now, whenever I flip it out, it doesn't want to change, change perspectives to where if I flip it, like. If I stay gotcha. on the front side of the camera, the image doesn't mm. actually want to flip upside down for me. So other than that, it's working fine. But I don't know. I've still been thinking about if I can get a good deal, maybe getting a second camera just so I can um, have two. I don't know if that's really necessary or not, but sometimes I just think it would be easier to have two so to less set up and then also in ca- as a backup. I see what you're saying. Yeah, there's certain situations where, you know, it would be handy. I find myself wanting to, as I'm doing something, cut to another view and then cut back to the original one yep. without having to reset the tripod back and forth because then the second shot at the initial position may not be the exact same shot, you know? Yeah. So I can see where it can be handy. Yeah. For sure. So what's up after the, uh, the stairs? Um, I'm, I think I'm going to be doing a large sitting area in between the house and my shop. Right now we have some really old like pea gravel circle, just very generic pavers that mm-hmm. go out to my shop. And then also a path that goes from my shop to the back backyard fence or to the gate. And also one from the back porch to the pool. And I just think they look very ugly and outdated. And then we have the fire pit in between. So I think I want to rip up all of that area. I want to trench an airline from my shop to Cody's shop. Because right now he takes the hose reel from inside hanging off my ceiling. <laughs> uh, pulls it out as much as it can go. And then hooks up an additional line to, to feed into his. And so that cuts off my air supply. And then also means that the cord is always running in and out of my shop. So yeah, I want to I want to take the opportunity to go ahead and trench a line, and then lay a, a permanent line f- for his, that goes out to his shop, and then re like lay down a whole bunch of like nice pavers and just a really nice decked out seating area. I think, and That'd then I'll cool. build a fire pit for the center of it, and that that'll be that. It'll be like three separate videos. I think. What about building outdoor furniture for it? Yeah, possibly. Maybe some, maybe some chairs. Um, I don't know though. I don't, I don't know if I want to clutter it up because right now we have foldable chairs pretty much that we put in that area if we want to actually sit around the fire pit. But then the majority of the time, whenever we're not sitting around it, we move them out of the way because it is our uh, primary walk walkway in between the house and the shop. And then also the house and the, in the pool area. Yeah, that makes, that brings up a good point too. Like uh, if you're not using it, you can get it out of the way. Uh, A couple years ago, Wow, it has been two years already. Uh, we bought this this outdoor patio furniture set for our back porch. And previously, we just used fold-up chairs. Well, we don't use the patio furniture that often. So every time we use it, we have to undust it or dust it. You know, get all the dust off of it. Mm-hmm. So it's like it, it's, it's kind of convenient to have this stuff sitting there ready to go, ready to be used. But you lose that convenience because you had to clean it off because it gets so dusty in the summertime and, you know, just fold up chairs probably would have been just as fine and a lot less expensive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, um, the fire pit stays where it's at all, all year because it's, it's off the main path. It's, it's off the straight beeline path from the back porch to my shop. Um, so that, that's fine sitting there all the time, but yeah, the chairs, I think fold up chairs would be just fine. Ooh, what about those um, like fold-up wooden Boy Scout chairs? I haven't seen. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, they're you fold them up and then they're like this one big curve. They're just a single arch and then they are fold. they comfortable? Yeah, yeah. I Braxton has a video on it and I sat on them like a week or two ago and we'll post the link to it in the video here or the article here. I'll check it yeah. out. Yeah, definitely check it out. I mean, if I can make some chairs, then I'm all for doing that. Yep. 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 But yeah, I think by that time, the weather's still going to be fine. So I just want to take advantage and do as many of these larger outdoor projects as possible. Plus, I think Cody and I are pretty set on selling the house. So I think anything that I'm doing at this point is just giving it, you know, sweat equity or sweat equity. Yeah. When do you, when do you guys, do you have a time, time table in place? I'm currently looking at places right now. So pretty much as soon as I find a place, I think. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. 
Yeah, I'd really like to be out in the country. I'm just really tired of living in the suburbs. It's just really difficult because I would like a little bit of land and then also it has to have a shop on it because I don't, I'm not going to have time. I wouldn't be able to go three or four months while a shop is being built to not work, of course. Right. What about building a shop while you work, like work for the time being in the garage? Uh, well, I don't think that would be fair to Cody because he, he also needs a shop. I mean, granted, my shop is our living, but I I don't know. His shop is his hobby and his passion, like working on his four-wheelers and dirt bikes and cars. So I just I think it's just really good for both of us to have our own space and shop. And I don't, I don't want him to have to go three or four months or, and I think three or four months would be on the conservative end. So let's, let's just say on the, on the long end, a year, I I just don't think that that would be good. Do we have questions? Uh, Let's, uh, we've got a a comment from our last episode that I thought was interesting and valuable enough to share. This is from uh, Kevin Miller and it is, um, I'll just read it. He says, just listen to the last episode regarding the one guy's question about bushing poop contaminating his friction polish and on his pens and he gave a couple things to um to prevent that he said number one the best way is to get rid of the bushings completely when finishing don't uh he says i don't use a pen mandrel i turn pens between a cone tipped dead center uh in the headstock and a normal cone live center in the tailstock after turning and sanding to the bushings, take the bushings off and just hold the tubes between those centers. Obviously, I don't clamp too tight as the turned pen tube is pretty fragile. But anyway, apply finish or additional wet sanding or whatever from there. The downside is to this is that you can only turn one tube at a time. So for kits that have an upper and lower tubes, they have to be done separately. But I found this to be the best approach overall. And he provided a link to the dead center he's talking about. We'll, we'll put that in the article description. And he said, the second thing is, if you don't have a dead center or don't want to buy one, another option is to take the turned tubes off the mandrel and replace the bushings from the kit with nylon finishing bushings. These are intended for doing CA finishes, but they work fine for any type of finish. They're non-stick and cone-shaped, so, the, uh, so they center the, the pen tube. Multiple pairs can be used to do multiple pen tubes on the mandrel at the exact same time. And again, he provided a link. And then the third thing is, he says, finally, the last option would be to turn your own finished finishing bushings out of small scraps of wood. Turn a one quarter inch to three three eighths of an inch tenon to fit the pen tube on a small scrap of wood. Uh, a pen blank cutoff, for example. Uh, then turn another three eighths or so section larger than the tenon but about the same or similar diameter than the pen kit bushings make a pair of these and replace the kit bushings with the shop made wooden ones Uh, they could also be turned out of acrylic as well then finish the pen blank as normal Uh, those are just a few options to avoid bushing poop contaminating the pen finish and i thought those were all three just uh great little pieces of information kevin you get a massive high five Internet high five. Internet <laughs> high five for your Bushing. excellent Bushing knowledge poop. and communication skills. I would have called it schmutz. What schmutz mean? It's an alternative to bushing poop. <laughs> Either oh. one is fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, regardless, it was a good piece of information to share. So hopefully that, uh, hopefully, uh, whoever answer asked that original question found some uh, valuable information there. All right, I just rattled on for a couple minutes. Who wants the first question? Uh, Peter, uh, listening to episode 23, and you guys are talking about sharp blades. I'm a beginner woodworker myself, only at it for a few months, uh, but getting where I need to start sharpening various tools. Any tips on how to get started to do that? He doesn't have any sharpening tools or stones or anything. He's just starting out from scratch. So what would be the basics to get started? Um, I would say... Um, you know, those cheaper diamond, um, diamond plates, uh, I have the four sided one. I think Jay, you had the four individual plates to start. The very inexpensive ones from Harbor Freight was like $7 for three grits. Yeah, I will. There I got, so three grits at Harbor Freight and then I got mine on Amazon. So I think it must've been four, four sided, different colors and a little holder. That'll get you started. Either that or a piece of float glass with some sandpaper, double sided tape to it. Um, 
as far as like circular saw blades, I I send mine out just because, man, they they do a lot more than just touch up one face. I mean, they they completely go through and rebraze uh, new carbide tips and regrind them, um, check for balance and all that stuff. And so circular saw blades and that, and I mean, I spend a little bit more. You know, I, typically anywhere from eighty to one hundred twenty dollars for a table saw blade. If you're buying like the twenty thirty dollar blades, you can kind of you know weigh whether you want to touch it up with like a uh, like a credit card diamond uh, card or just you know get a new one. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't touch my um, any type of blade for like the circular saw, the uh, table saw, or miter saw. Uh, I I don't sharpen those myself. But yeah, to, just to get started in sharpening just about anything else, you need an abrasive. Of some t- of some kind, and then you also need uh, some way to, depending on the person, some way to hold the the tool. So uh, you can get started with a piece of float glass, like Nick said, and some sandpaper, and that'll do a great job. Uh, something I would recommend for holding like a plane blade or chisels is one of those inexpensive honing guides. Uh, they make some that are like. 11, I think there's one that's 12 bucks on Amazon with prime shipping all the way up to like the Lee Nielsen $130 honing guide. That's really machined. Well, now my very inexpensive honing guide that I have is, uh, is the, the $12 one. I had to use a triangular file to kind of touch up the, the clamping areas, the teeth to hold the, the chisel or plane blade. But after that, it works just fine. And I would recommend if you're just starting to sharpen stuff, I would recommend getting one of those inexpensive honing guides and not trying to do it freehand. I've tried to do it freehand and I've had good results with it, but the instant I get away from it for a couple weeks or so and you don't do it frequently, then I've done more damage than good trying to touch up freehand. So it's it's more of a consistency thing for me. That and if you're doing, you know, like a plane iron, like a two inch wide plane iron. That's a lot more forgiving. You have a lot more reference surface. But if you're doing a eighth or a quarter inch chisel, uh, definitely you know get get some sort of guide to help you get that primary bevel because there's not a whole lot of reference surface there, and it's pretty easy to get that out of square rather quickly. Yeah, and then you could also go the other route and just um, just get a sharpening system like a, a Tormac or the Triton wet wheels. When I was visiting Matt Cremona and. Uh, Minneapolis, he actually put together a sharpening video. So that should be coming out soon. And I was trying to think, surely there's somebody else that has a sharpening video, but I can't think off the top of my head of anybody who has one. Oh, there's a bunch of them out there for sharpening. Um, Paul Sellers, uh, he uses uses a uh, three-stage diamond plate setup, which I've used his setup too. That's what I currently use, actually, those, those three diamond plates. But he does it freehand. And like I said, it's a consistency thing. If you don't do it frequently, then you kind of lose your edge on it. As mm-hmm. No pun intended there. But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> uh, And, and uh, Rob Cosman, he's another one who uses plates. Uh, I think he uses Shapton stones, but he does it freehand as well. So there, there's there's options out there. And then somebody else to look into, um, if, if you're... I'll post the link in the article as well, but John Heiss has a quick little plywood jig that he made to use a very inexpensive, um, is it chromium oxide stone? Is that what it, what they are? Those really inexpensive sharpening stones, like two, three bucks or something like that? I haven't seen it. Uh, anyway, I'll have a link to it, but it's, it's a homemade setup that seems to do the job too so um there, there's options out there hopefully we can provide you with enough links to look through yeah and and going back to rob cosman he uses the charlesworth ruler trick so you don't have to flatten the whole back that might be so i i've yet to try it i'm I just, i'm gonna try it at some point because it just seems like a big time saver it so is. that you don't have to you know flatten the back but yeah it is a huge time saver. I use it on, on on my diamond stones. I used a piece of the the waste material from the uh, the ruler that I put on my miter saw station, the stop block, and that is just the absolute perfect thickness. But I also read that somebody else has had great results with using a piece of the HDPE from a milk jug. Yeah, that would that, that would seem to be about the right thickness. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's it's naturally corrosion resistance to the 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 uh, fluid you would use on a diamond plate too. So, well, I mean, mo- 
most fluids that you use on a you know diamond plate, you probably should use something that's um, protecting against any type of rust. You know, it's got a rust inhibitor built into it, but um, or you could just get away with you know like a stainless steel rule. I mean, just make sure it's a a non-ferric, you know, like a good quality stainless steel. That's not certain cheap stainless steels will rust. There's enough, you know, iron in it or whatever it is. Okay, we have another question from Brian. If you're buying more lumber than you need for a project, do you surface it then put it away, or leave it roughs on until you need it? I leave mine roughs on until I need it, but with the uh, with the exception. If it's, you know, any type of mortise and tenons, stuff like that, I always have at least a good th two, three foot long piece so that it's the same thickness as my rails and styles that's milled up and that's going to be my test piece. But, and I just make sure I have a little bit extra in case you screw up a board that way you're not waiting, you know, to go through the procedure of milling it and, um, you know, waiting for it to acclimate and then milling it again or, you know. Yeah, any type of milling you do, whether that's surface prep, whether it's getting it uh, square four sides, or whether or not it's fitting joinery, anytime you do that, it's best to do that as close as possible to when you do assembly, because wood's going to move. If you if you just let it sit, it's going to move. If you cut it and then let it sit, it's going to move. So if you do your surface prep now, if you flatten a board and say, all right, I'm going to use this in three weeks. Well, that three weeks is time for that flat board to become not flat anymore. Same with your like your mortise and tenon joinery, you know, or anything else, your your dados or any type of joinery you cut. The longer that you give it time to move, the less likely it's going to be fit, or less likely it is going to fit as it was originally intended to. So, if you buy more lumber that you need for a project, just store it as is. Don't cut it and mill it. Actually, you know, surface it or whatever until you are just about ready to use it. Now, I understand sometimes you start in on a project and life happens and it just takes a back burner for a little while and just sits there. Well, those are situations where you kind of can't avoid them, so it is what it is. But if you've got the option to, then yeah, wait until right before you need it to actually start milling it. Okay, guys, there are a couple ways that you can stay up to date with this podcast and, of course, get notified of any new content. You can go to the woodworkingpodcast.com. Up at the top, you'll find three clickable buttons to subscribe on Android via RSS or on iTunes. Or you can just simply type in the woodworkingpodcast.com slash feed. As always, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you all next time. See you later. Ta-ta. <laughs> The Woodworking the, Podcast. The. Is it the or the? Oh, well, who knows? Type in T-H-E, guys. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one E in the.